Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. So uh, welcome to the second installment of CSM Office Hours. Uh, we'll be doing this for at least another two weeks. And in the meantime, we're kind of gathering feedback. Uh, we had a survey that went out last week. I'll talk about some of those results here uh, as we get into this. But um, welcome. Appreciate everyone for their time today. Uh, I'm Jeff Brunsbach. I'm a founder of the community Gain, Grow, Retain. Uh, hopefully that's where you guys have heard about us. Hopefully you've seen and been to gaingrowretain.com. Uh, tons of great customer success leadership content that's happening, discussions, uh, good threads that are happening. Uh, we've got a podcast that we put out as well. And then we also have our CS leadership office hours, which happen uh, every Thursday at 1130. So um, pleasure to be here with you all and excited to jump in. So today's topic, uh, I'll announce it real quick and then I'll do a couple more announcements. Um, but I want you guys to start thinking potentially about some questions and some things that we want to discuss as a group today. Um, so really the, the topic that we threw out there was um, around stakeholders. So um, who are they? How do you find them? How do you build a relationship? But um, really, I think the crux of it is how are we making sure to identify the right relationships that we need to build in an organization? Um, and then how are we going to cultivate those? You know, how do we go internally at that organization? You know, how do we use our champion? Uh, what types of questions are we asking? So I think just this whole idea just around of, of finding the right stakeholders and making sure that we're engaging them with value um, is really the, the crux of today's discussion. So uh, hoping that you guys start thinking about some questions you want to answer, some topics you want to dive into. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm going to go through a couple of announcements and then we'll, um, we'll start circling around and um, getting some discussion points out there. Uh, for those of you kind of first time, in here, uh, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, if you open up the participant window, there'll be a little raise hand button. Um, so we're generally going to try and use that, um, depending on if there's people actually with raising their hands. If not, we'll call on people kind of old school style. But um, if you want to raise your hand, go ahead and do that. If you have uh, anything to contribute, if you want to throw out a topic uh, or discussion, um, we'll go through that in a minute. But uh, a couple other things. So we, we did have our first installment last week, which was great. Uh, we had a, an NPS of 90, a positive 90. Uh, which is awesome. So we had about 40 responses on our survey, um, really positive. We had some great feedback just about, um, you know, collectively trying to get, uh, collectively people liked hearing from different CSMs, uh, hearing tactics that they're using, just getting to know um, fellow peers. Uh, we heard great feedback just about, um, you know, getting, getting a good discussion, getting the right questions being asked, um, trying to dive into those. Um, some negative feedback or some constructive feedback, which is always welcome as well. Um, sending out the topic ahead of time. So hopefully you guys had a chance. Um, I did try and send it out a couple hours ago via email um, just to give you guys a heads up, start thinking about it. Uh, so I tried to, to rectify that this week and then uh, just trying to get more people into the discussion. Um, I think it's, again, kind of a new format. We're trying to get as much collaboration and really just a group discussion as much as possible. So um, today, what I'll try and do is, is try and get as many different opinions as we can. Um, hopefully try and work in some folks maybe that didn't get a chance to talk last week. Um, and then one thing too is if you don't mind, if you are, if you feel comfortable, putting on your video. Um, I think that's always welcome in a group discussion like this. So if you don't mind kind of adding your video, I think that would be awesome um, and well appreciated. Um, so that's great. We're gonna send another survey again. Um, hopefully some of the other folks who've been in our leadership office hours can attest that we generally will be transparent. Uh, we're gonna read back the results. We're gonna use that to help make the sessions better as we go forward. So um, we're gonna proactively use that content uh, that you guys feed back to us, which is great. Um, again, I mentioned gaingrowretain.com. Uh, it's our online community. Tons of great discussion happening. We've got close to 5,000 members um, in there. Uh, tons of not only leadership, but also CSMs who are uh, putting out content, looking to collaborate. So feel free to go join. Uh, if you want uh, and have, I think this is a, a core group. So we've only invited this, we've only sent this invite out to about 150 people. Um, and we've got close to 700 CSMs in our database. So uh, we've kind of kept it small in the beginning just to start cultivating, try and find the right format, try and figure out 
um, you know, that we're doing the right thing and that this is actually a forum that uh, we can do going forward. So uh, we're going to release this probably to a larger group in the next three weeks, uh, probably three weeks out from now. Uh, but I wanted to put it out there to this group. If you are interested in helping us facilitate and lead a session like I'm doing today, uh, reach out to me. Would love to, to find you. I think I've already got a couple of people, uh, Michael, Diana, uh, Kevin, I think Nathan, if I remember correctly, emailed me as well. So if you're interested in leading a session, um, I'm not going to be doing this forever. Uh, I, I don't want to do this forever, nor uh, do I think I should be. I think there's going to be some great, um, there's some great folks around this room who can help lead a session. Um, so reach out to me if you want to do that. I plugged it earlier, but if you're interested, uh, we do have a leadership office hours that happens every Thursday. Uh, generally, the topics are, are geared towards a little bit more um, management level discussions, uh, you know, strategy, what are we doing with um, kind of executives. So um, feel free to join that if you like. We, we never, you know, uh, shut that down just to leaders. Uh, and then podcast wise, we do have a podcast. We put out about three episodes a week, um, generally try and pull in good discussions from what we're seeing around uh, and try and make that really valuable. So uh, if you have good ideas for content we should be thinking about for the podcast, feel free to reach out to me, uh, send me an email. We'd love to love to try and circle up on that. And then if you um, like to go listen to podcasts on your morning walks, take your dogs out, uh, take your cats out, maybe uh, other animals, feel free to uh, give that a listen and uh, let us know any feedback. So I think that's it for announcements. Uh, we're going to probably go to uh, about 1223, 1224, and then we'll try and, and wrap it up, get some final thoughts and discussion. Um, Haley, I will send a link to the podcast. Yes. When I have that. Oh, Diana, thank you. Um, perfect. So uh, back to our topic today. So stakeholders, um, who are they? How do we find them? How do we build relationships? Um, again, trying to think about the discussion from a tactical perspective. So just peer to peer as CSMs, how are we going around um, and achieving this within the organizations that we're working in? Um, how are we, you know, tactically day to day going to do this? So um, I'm going to start and see if there's any initial thoughts or questions that people have about stakeholders that we want to get answered today. Generally, we'll go around and see if there's any uh, particular questions that you guys want to answer. Um, so if there's no raised hands, I might start calling on a couple people to see um, how you think about this. Perfect. Uh, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and come off mute and um, let us know what are, you, what are you hoping to get out of today? What are some of the topics that you're interested in around stakeholders? For sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely, uh, CSM, uh, I, I sit in two fields. I sit in the enterprise field, uh, which is larger organizations. Uh, we said 10, 10 plus locations. We do it by locations. And then I also sit kind of in the SMB field as well. So uh, finding stakeholders in both those, would love to have insights from anyone else who's kind of straddling that line of, I'm taking care of maybe larger organizations who you know, have designated marketing people or designated other people. And then also kind of an SMB where it's like mom and pop shop, right? They don't necessarily, it's one person does all of everything, right? So uh, how do you figure out who that person is in kind of both those? And are there, are there smart ways of doing this? Is there a cheater step to kind of figuring out quickly who is the stakeholder that I need to be talking to about decision-making stuff? Awesome. That's great. And I think too, the, the other point that you're making there too, just around the, um, just around the fact that, a SMB type organization or kind of a, a you know, mid-market, whatever that might look like, um, they might not have as many resources to bear in terms of putting that towards a focus on our solution or our product. And so there's a little bit of a difference there as well, um, which I think we can talk through, which is going to be awesome. Uh, perfect. Uh, Danny, I think you're up next. If you want to go ahead and come off mute and uh, let us know what, what are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish out of today's conversation. Yeah, I'd, I'd be really curious to hear about uh, how people get past gatekeepers when it comes to getting stakeholders. Um, I, uh, a lot of, I just did a QBR last week with, uh, what I believe to be stakeholders on the call. And when I was, you know, kind of trying to set the next step, um, the IT team very quickly cut in and kind of cut off some of those communications. And so, you know, navigating around gatekeepers, um, in a way that doesn't offend the gatekeeper because they're my day-to-day -day contact, but also, um, 
you know, not getting, not getting caught off guard because the business has been, uh, you know, upset with something for a year and it never got down to me. Yeah. That's a good one. Awesome. Gatekeepers. Uh, Rachel, looks like I've got you on the list. Do you want to go ahead and come off mute and uh, let us know some of your thoughts here today? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, I have a couple different questions about different types of stakeholders. Um, kind of along the line of small, medium business, but um, how many of you have worked in like custom dev or custom engineering? I come from a SaaS background as well as a healthcare IT background. In my SaaS background, it was a completely different group of stakeholders, but now I'm gearing myself more toward the custom dev and custom engineering where really we are going for, you know, the IT and IS team, as well as in healthcare IT, how to, how to appeal to and kind of work with that group. Also in cybersecurity, it's a completely different audience. And kind of like you said, Danny, there are gatekeepers. So who are those stakeholders? How do you liaise with them? Because it's not a wide, broad kind of end user point of contact or champion as it is in SaaS. So I'd, I'd love some insight on that from y'all. Awesome, that's a great one. Thank you. Um, and then looks like we got two more. So Jeremy, let's hit on you and then we'll get to Diana next. Sure. Yeah, I think my, my question might be a little uh, left field and, and working with, uh, if you've identified a champion, what are what programs or incentives do you guys offer to your day-to-day your -day contacts or to your champions to open doors for relationships into the broader business? Um, and if the answer is you, you don't, then that's fine too. But I'd be curious if anybody's doing any kind of like an incentive program for those identified contacts who, uh, that you think would be potentially helpful in growing the relationship. Perfect. That's another good one. I love that. Dinah, let's hit on you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my question is more around how to organize um, your different relationships with these stakeholders. So how are we monitoring the relationships that we have in a way where um, I think Ziv talks a lot about this topic, um, but like, how do I know when to focus on what and which person on the next call, things like that. So how are we monitoring uh, those relationships? Awesome, yeah, and so um, for everybody, Ziv is a, a great friend of ours and he did a presentation for us uh, about three weeks ago in, as part of what we call our Operator Excellence Series. And he is just um, kind of far and away somebody that we've seen who measures relationships extremely well. They've got a really tight process. He, work, he is the Chief Customer Officer at a company called AppsWire. And he's got a really tight process in Salesforce about how his team measures relationships at an individual level, um, how they monitor those, how they think about scoring those, and kind of key next steps. That's what uh, Diana was referring to. And if you, um, if you weren't going to bring that up, that was going to be one I was going to add to the conversation was just how reorganizing um, on a day-to-day -day level of like prioritizing some of these relationships in the next step. So um, I think that's a great one. Perfect. So looks like we've got uh, about five topics for today. So uh, we're going to start going through and, and trying to gather some opinions from around the room. Like I said, we're going to try and involve as many people in the discussion as possible. Um, if you do raise your hand and you've talked before, I might skip you for a little bit. Don't be offended, but just trying to get as many voices into the room as possible. Um, so why don't we go ahead and start maybe with, um, I think, with Nathan's question around kind of enterprise versus SMB. So um, thinking about kind of the situation that he's dealing with and what he mentioned was, you know, straddling a, a customer base that actually has, he has customers both in SMB as well as enterprise. So kind of understanding the differences, how do you identify the right champion in enterprise versus the right champion or, or sponsor in SMB? Uh, how do you manage those differently? What's the reach out cadence that you're doing? So just trying to think through all these uh, kind of ancillary topics that might come uh, as you think about enterprise versus SMB. So 
Um, if you have thoughts or opinions about how you currently do this or how you've thought about doing this, uh, feel free to raise your hand. Bottom right hand corner should be a raise hand button uh, and we'll start getting to you and calling on you um, so that we can get some opinions in the room. Um, and if not, then I'm gonna start calling on a few folks to see if you have opinions. Uh, perfect, Kevin, Leonard, let's go ahead and, and jump it off with you. And then uh, looks like we've got a couple more already raising their hands. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on how Nathan can, can start approaching this problem? So a lot of what I do when it comes to uh, really identifying the stakeholders and uh, being able to manage them is uh, from the very beginning when I'm introduced into an account, uh, during my, my first contact uh, slide deck, I start to introduce some of the uh, scenarios that I'm going to uh, need to know how their, how their organization works. Uh, so um, one of my slide decks is uh, understanding engagement roles. Um, some of the roles that I uh, appoint or I, I ask them who would I talk to in, in these situations, uh, one is an, ado an adoption manager, uh, somebody within the organization that's going to own the uh, adoption process and uh, help me be able to get to the end users, uh, somebody that we can appoint that can represent the end users to provide feedback. Um, of course, somebody that is the executive sponsor, somebody that is the one that's going to be signing for any kind of um, expansion, upsell, cross-sell opportunities that we have. Um, another thing that I also ask about is, uh, what is their buying process? So just in case that they bring up a, a situation to me that uh, requires another product, how do we engage the right people to be able to drive that across the, the finish line a lot more quicker? Uh, because of course, their, it's their problems and they should uh, be able to know how to handle it. But I do find that at times when the when I have the more SMB type uh, customers that they're not very aware of their own uh, buying processes and it's certainly helpful to have it during the first contact, uh, the first uh, sales to CS handoff because the executive, uh, the executive sponsor that did sign off on it usually is there during that first, that first handoff. So that's a conversation that we can have during that handoff uh, call. Uh, so that way we get to understand uh, those areas of how they uh, run their business. And then uh, also understanding the IT side, how do they uh, run their part of the business as well. So doing it from the outset um, of the handoff call is super important. Yeah, those are great, Kevin. Um, I love the the fact that you're asking those as you go in, you know, especially because you can use the the point, right? Like, hey, we're I'm just being introduced to this account. Hey, I'm new to this account, right? Like, what's the let's talk about some of these key scenarios that we know are going to come up, um, and how do we how do we go through those? I think Rachel actually had a comment in the the chat earlier um, as well, which um, pointed out that there are different relationships or different stakeholders we need to be thinking about, and that sales is really our first kind of conduit to achieving what those are, right? So um, one thing I always like to think about is who's our executive sponsor, who's our champion, and then who's our power users. And so there's kind of three layers that I tend to think about in terms of relationships that we need to be building in an organization. So uh, I always I'll, think about- I'll one. Add, Oh, go ahead. Go. I'll, I'll add one more thing too, cause like um, a lot of what I'm doing in my first contact is uh, setting the expectations too. Cause um, when I ask these questions, there's um, a, a give and take kind of a conversation that's going on because I'm also informing them how they're going, how I'm going to help them navigate things inside uh, Ring Central as well, the, the company that I work for. Uh, so I'm also going to tell them how we're going to, how I'm going to help them uh, get ideas through to the product team, how they're going to uh, 
engage with the billing team, how they're going to engage with my tech support and how I tie all those together. So by showing them how I'm going to help them navigate uh, within Ring Central, they're also giving me uh, information on how I'm going to help navigate my customer. Yeah, that's great too. Uh, just setting expectations right from the outset um, as well. So I really like that. Um, and then another thing maybe just to add on there as well, Kevin, is and, and Nathan, something for you to think about is um, kind of reaffirming or using what the sales team has already has already gathered, right? Like theoretically, we should be identifying these relationships even before the, the contract is signed. Um, and so really your first chance is to kind of like reaffirm like, hey, do we have the right person for, to Kevin's point, like do we have the right person if we're going to go for adoption? Like, you know, do we have these right roles outlined? Um, I think just trying to reaffirm some of those things would be really good. So uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Carm, I think that's, hopefully I pronounced it appropriately, uh, but you want to come off mute and maybe give us some of your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, you did pronounce it correctly. It is Carm. Um, I'm from Philadelphia area. So hi, everyone. Um, so I'm also working mostly in the SMB space. So Nathan can totally, um, I guess, uh, empathize with you in terms of identifying those key people within the SMB space sometimes can be really challenging. A lot of times you walk into a room and you're talking to somebody who has no idea why they're there um, and kind of just starting the conversation from scratch. So um, similar to what Kevin said, identifying who that person is and saying um, what are your key responsibilities and so specifically within the context of your product is what we've been doing has been really helpful. So like what are your key things maybe on a daily basis, weekly basis that we're asking you your help with, but in addition, how are we asking or what are we asking of you from a relationship standpoint? Um, so really delineating that. Um, and then I think the key thing that we're trying to really emphasize both on the customer side, but also internally within leadership and like when we're communicating with sales, for example, is the importance of having someone who's super, even like tech savvy to start off with, like what are their like job requirements, if you will, as being that person, like they can't be someone who doesn't know how to use a computer is like kind of like square one. Um, and then kind of building off from there, like what are the key things that we need for them to buy into and be able to do on a regular basis? Yeah, I like that. I like that point a lot too, because um, I think one thing that uh, Nathan, I know, you know, just things start adding up, right? You can't necessarily do everything, but I think if you can start to pretty quickly identify the maturity level of both the company, like the SMB company you're working with, and then the, the stakeholders there, I think that also helps to give you a framework of like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe this person isn't, you know, is a one on, on the scale of one to five of whatever that means for our product. And so there's um, like things you can think about, like what's, what's going to help them get to a two, what's going to help them get to a three um, in terms of maturity with our product or maturity in their organization about kind of being our champion. Um, and so I think to Carm's point, like hopefully identifying some of those things that you can um, help champion, help them champion. I also think it gives you an opportunity to maybe introduce other resources as well, right? Like, hey, hey, we've got a training and enablement team. And oftentimes like SMB organizations, right? It's kind of, you don't want to confuse them by introducing as like a lot of people into the process. But I do think if there are online resources, if there are things that you guys are trying to do from a one to many approach and kind of reinforcing those, it can be a good experience right off the beginning as well um, that you do. Uh, so thank you, Carm, that was awesome. Uh, Michael, let's go to you um, and see what you've got to say as, uh, as you're helping Nathan think about this SMB versus enterprise. Yeah, most of my experience lends to the enterprise and I think there's so much involved when you talk about stakeholders. And I think I, I liked what, what Kevin talked about in terms of assigning roles, especially on the kickoff, I think as it pertains specifically to your partnership with them. Um, and then you alluded to it before, Jeff, you know, talking about really ensuring the sales handoff to capture all that information. This way we do have a step up going into that conversation. I think something else that you could look at is doing your own due diligence on, you know, the company, their business model, the types of roles that, you know, it breaks down into this way you have a leg up and really have an understanding of their business, how they make money, 
the different roles that are uh, what they're responsible for. And this way, you can really ask targeted questions on the kickoff and sound intelligent. Um, and we're not asking really, really broad type of discovery type questions where the customer is like, yeah, this person should know this already. So really kind of doing your own due diligence and you know, leveraging um, some of the big consultant companies like Deloitte and um, PwC, they, they, they put out industry reports where you can kind of gather that type of information and learn more about the roles that are in those, uh, those types of organizations. And I think that helps kind of build a, a framework for how they work and what's important to them as you start to think about stakeholders and you know, how you're going to engage with those customers down the line. Yeah, one of the, the things that you mentioned that um, I gravitated towards really early on in my career is trying to answer the question of how does this business make money? Um, I was a finance major, I love loved numbers, I love businesses. And I always felt like if I could answer that question, like how do they make money, uh, then it would just help me better kind of position our product or think about how our product kind of fits in the lens of their business. So I think that's um, something that I love that you mentioned, Michael, which is like, how can we go get some reports or industry like knowledge? How can we go, what I've even done too is take, Maybe we have a private company that we're working with. Go find a public company that's similar to them and read kind of their public filings during, you know, if they have to release uh, during earnings season or whatnot. And you kind of learn a little bit about the industry. They've kind of got some stuff in there that's really helpful. So I love that idea because I think it really helps you, Nathan. I think think about too, like how do we set up the how do we set up the the questions that we're going to ask and kind of the open-ended questions that we need to answer in order for us to figure out where we're positioning our software. Um, and you know, I think there are some. SMB customers that you could be doing some public research on um, that could you know help help alleviate and help try to identify some of those things. Yeah, perfect. It, 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 it could be pretty daunting, um, but you know once you get kind of the hang of it, I mean sifting through 10k reports is a pain in the ass. Like uh, you know you don't even know what you're looking for, but you know we're, we're that's I think that's what's unique about the customer success role. You know you are kind of a business analyst to some extent, so kind of gaining those skills, acquiring those skills as you start to work with enterprise organizations is, is important. Yeah, and I think um, one last point to Nathan, I mentioned earlier kind of executive sponsor champion and then power users are the way I like to think about organizations and kind of putting somebody into a, a role. And sometimes in, in the SMB organization, you might have somebody who actually plays all three of those levels, right? Or you might have somebody that plays two of those levels. And so I think it's trying to, to figure out kind of like what's your pyramid or what's your framework um, within SMB to help you identify the right stakeholders and then what's your pyramid or what's your framework inside the enterprise organization. And then you can kind of see how those differ and then you can start to develop questions or ways to navigate the organization that maybe help you discover both of those, um, which I think is great. Awesome. Laura, looks like you've got your hand raised. Um, would love to, for you to come off mute and maybe give us some of your thoughts here uh, as we're yeah. talking about enterprise versus SMB. So I, mostly SMB is where my experience is, but kind of dovetailing on with Michael, I think, um, really in any type of any type of organization, you also can identify what I kind of call satellite users or satellite stakeholders. Um, I think a, a lot of this information, you're going to find it during that handoff call, during that initial investigation, because those are the ones that are going to give you that extra usage, that extra justification when you're looking for expansion. You know, they may not be every day the person that you're dealing with, but, you know, it's just one more way that, that your solution is giving them some value there. And I think we, it's real easy to overlook them, and, um, but if you start identifying kind of where the tentacles of your solution go, those can be very effective, the, you know, in helping you make cases for expansion. So that's it. I like that. I like that term satellite. I like the, uh, the idea of like the satellite, right? Kind of who's, who's going to be out there that we can go tap into. Um, I have so a like follow-up question if we can. Laura, yeah, can you, can you 
Can you go a little deeper into what this might look like on, on a more practical level? So for example, oh, yeah. yeah, who would be? So I'll give you an example. Um, in the solution I used to work for with, it was a governance solution. And it impacted um, the board, of board of education directly. It in, impacted administration directly. But beyond that, across the organization on a monthly basis or in larger, or, you know, larger school districts bi-monthly basis, um, everybody was required to get their stuff into the system to be included in a board meeting packet, right? So that's where we were going. And there was a lot of folks that were um, submitting this information. And what they didn't know, because they weren't fully leveraging or weren't aware of some things that they could do to ease the process, you know, these folks were printing, it sounds silly, they were printing, you know, 500 page reports, no lie, printing it, walking to the copier, and then scanning it. Right. And so there was a, a submission thing there where they just didn't realize a a little bit of education there, what they could do to make it easier. But our system made it easier overall for them to get that in there. They just were able to a learn how to create a PDF right from your, you know, whatever you're doing and then submit it directly into the system instead of printing and walking down the hall or in our office. And that when it came time to upgrade from the basic version to another one that gave a workflow with approvals was like kind of the kicker that they needed to, to make that move up. So that's a concrete example from my experience. And, Thanks, Lord. And, and so in that example too, like, did you have to go involved since you're, now changing a process it sounds like right you're kind of you've got some change management we're gonna have to we're gonna have to create a process flow uh did that introduce other stakeholders which is are those satellite stakeholders that you were talking about like hey now we're gonna have to maybe involve it because that you know they need to be able to upload this pdf and save it correctly right. and then we're gonna have to introduce you know any other stakeholders across this um workflow now if we're going to reintroduce and kind of change what their current process looks like is that is that how you mean kind of those they're kind yeah, of outside I mean, that normal use case the Right. So these satellite stakeholders were people, for instance, in the nutrition department, the um, I'm trying to think, curriculum, all these folks that I didn't deal with on a daily basis, but they were all impacted by what we were doing. And knowing that right up front kept me from having to scramble when we're trying to make the case to upgrade. So again, I think back toward Michael's point about that handoff, that initial research, and, and really a broad look towards who really is involved and who's impacted beyond your, you know, your daily thing can be helpful down the line. Awesome. Perfect. Well, um, Nathan, it sounds like a couple, couple of ideas for you, enterprise versus SMB. I think, you know, trying to look at what does your stakeholder map look like um, in each of those parts of the organization. I think Kevin had a lot of good thoughts just around, um, you know, making sure as you make the transition from sales, you know, we're asking the right questions about certain scenarios that we might come across, you know, who to, who to engage when. Um, I think, as Michael mentioned, doing some research, trying to, to formulate some of those questions ahead of time, trying to get as much kind of research done that really help you formulate. And then to Laura's point, I think, you know, trying to identify where are some of those uh, satellite stakeholders potentially um, coming in and uh, making sure you can try and get those out ahead of time as well. So I think there's hopefully some good, good stuff that you can take from there and, and go with. Let's move uh, on to Danny's question uh, that he was diving into, which is around gatekeepers. So um, navigating the organization, thinking about, uh, you know, potentially we're working with a, a user or a power user type group or a champion. We need to make it to an executive stakeholder, or maybe we need to make it to another part of the organization. Um, so how do you, how do we facilitate and deal with um, gatekeepers in a positive way? How do we make them feel 
that they're part of the process, that they're helping us champion this internally. Um, and so how do, how do you navigate that type of situation where you've got somebody who maybe is approaching it negatively or wants to kind of contain the power within their, uh, within their uh, sphere? And how do you get outside of that to help them actually move you to the right parts of the organization so that you can expand, that you can build the right relationships, that you can get deeper into the organization? So um, anybody have any initial thoughts you want to raise your hand um, and, and mention? Awesome. Uh, Laura, let's start with you. And then we'll- Oh no, uh, we'll twice in one day? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this. Um, I think one of the things that I found to be most important is that your, your that executive stakeholder, you've got to be providing value to that person that's going to make it important that they are included in things. So then that gatekeeper is getting direction from the executive person, you know, that executive stakeholder that, hey, this goes on my calendar. This gets, you know, this is always something in it. I think it can be something that takes time with little pieces of helpful information. Um, you can't go in with guns blazing. And also, you know, and then there's the classic trying to win over the gatekeeper. You know, I'm not talking about cookies and stuff like that, but little pieces of information um, or things that are going to be useful for them that make them look good and their, their job easier. And it just, I think it's that cultivating relationships. Everybody's done the personality tests. We know what we are. We know whether it's a, you know, the driver value or whether it's Enneagram, whatever it is, we all know that. And most times you can kind of figure out what it is that makes them tick. And you really have to apply that and kind of speak their language. Sorry. Yeah, one, one thing um, to add on to that, Laura, that I heard early on in my career was just, uh, I had a boss that used to tell me um, the best way to build relationships is to help that person get promoted. And, um, the, the, so the one thing I've, I've always tried to do, Danny, to approach some of these situations is uh, look at it from a more personal level uh, when we first head into this conversation. So even before, you know, we start building a relationship, hey, we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one call and I'd love to figure out, like, what are your personal aspirations? Like, do you want to stay at your company? And like, you know, some people might not want to share that information, but like, hey, do you want to, do you want your boss's job? Do you want, uh, you know, like, what's, where's your passion? Do you really like what you're doing? Like, just trying to get down to some level like that, because I think that tends to help you uh, understand where their motivations lie and what they are trying to accomplish out of this. And then you can hopefully do the same thing, right? Hey, my, my motivation here is uh, I want to try and make your, your company as successful as possible with our products. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a renewal signed, you know, 364 days from now. Uh, that's, you know, my main motivation. And if I can get to other parts of the organization, you know, that's what I want to try and do and love it. But I think uh, trying to figure out some personal motivations there too. I've always, I've always found that really helpful if we can get to that type of relationship to try and help uh, kind of understand where they're coming from. So um, Jeremy, let's go to you and, and see what you have to offer um, here for, for Danny to think about. Yeah, I would, so as I think about it in kind of the, we'll call it the gatekeepers that I, I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, I think um, to Laura's point, it's it's about building trust. I think it also is about making sure that they feel like you're not going to like bulldoze them or call them out or uh, whatever term you want to use there. Uh, so you really got to uh, make sure and invite them into what you're trying to do. Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it starts with maybe just that candid one-on-one -on -one conversation with them to say, hey, look, um, this is what I'm trying to do. This is why if you have, especially if you have an issue or a problem or something that's reoccurring, explain to them what, what it is and why it's important for them to let you connect. And then uh, you build that trust by keeping them in the loop on everything until they tell you, no, you don't need to include me on this anymore. And that's really the way to go. The other piece of it that I deal with a lot is my gatekeepers are our partners, distributors, resellers that uh, don't want to let you into their relationship. Um, and so uh, a lot of times when I find out there's a problem, it's, it's because the reseller brings it to us and, I, and that's, and it's kind of setting the expectation with them to say, you don't want to be dealing with these fire drills constantly. 
then, then invite me into your calls. That I'm not going to go schedule my own, but invite me to get to know the customer, what their problems are, so we can help start resolving problems, recurrences, so that you're not having to deal with fire drills all the time. And that has seemed to work well. Um, and, and they've slowly over time loosened the grips to say, you know what, I don't mind Jeremy being in this relationship because he's not going to try to kick us out or he's not going to try to re replace us with somebody else. Um, and that's really, um, I think, to kind of what Laura was driving at is, is building that trust and building that value. I'm a value add, not a value detractor, and I'm not trying to, to go over your head. Um, there is a time and a place to do that, but generally speaking, gatekeepers are not that time or that place to do that. Yeah, I think that's helpful, uh, Jeremy. And I think the other thing that I would uh, add on to that as well is uh, a lot of times if you can try and uh, help them understand too, like the core initiative that we're working on, like, hey, how can I actually take work off of your plate almost like that approach as well? Like, hey, like I'm going to, I wanted to go navigate the organization and, and help you get into other areas and help expand you, you know, your, your personal relationships inside of your own company. Uh, like that's what I'm here to do. So like use me as a, a tool and a resource to say, hey, you know, maybe we need to go meet with IT and I've never met with anybody in IT because, you know, Danny's product is going to bring us uh, some sort of IT benefit that we need to start, you know, talking about. And so hopefully uh, also trying to articulate to them how they can use you and use the relationship that you have uh, or your product as a way to actually get to introduce other parts of the organization that they maybe haven't been, been able to get into before. Um, Patricia, awesome to see your hand raised. Let's see uh, if you want to come up mute and uh, have anything to add here for, for Danny to think about. Um, yeah, hi everyone. So I think uh, building on Laura's and Jeremy's point, I would say, um, I think sometimes this fear as well is thinking, you know, if we're going to be replaced or someone else is going to be able to do our, our job better than we do. So it's, it's a bit of playing to their egos, but then at the same time, keeping them in the loop and we use their racy model. So making sure, you know, that um, so the responsible, accountable, consulted and informed. So making sure that um, the gatekeeper understands uh, what needs to be achieved. They understand, just like Jeff said, you know, we're going to be helping you. So help me help you kind of approach. You know, you don't want to be doing everything because this is going to add to your workload. So how can we distribute this? How can we make you look good so you can justify your ROI? And how can, you know, you can still be involved. You can still track the whole process. Um, we are not replacing. We are just adding on to, uh, to, what, uh, to what we are trying to build because this is not a one-man thing. Um, it's 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 a relationship so you know let's all be be friends if I can say that in a way you know let, let's all communicate and let's all build together kind of approach that is how you know I try and see it at least yeah well I think that the, the point there too I think that you're driving home Patricia is around the the alignment right if we're all aligning to the same goal and we have all this if we have the same outcome then um, you know that should be a, a good driver for us so you know what's the outcome we're hoping to achieve with our product that fits within kind of your your stakeholders and maybe who this gatekeeper is um, and helping to articulate like, hey, this is just one piece of the puzzle. Like we can actually help you go get other pieces of the pu puzzle potentially if we get introduced to other parts of the organization and therefore you get the credit, right? We're actually expanding what our value is outside of just the core, you know, if we're going for reduction in cost or if we're going for ROI, whatever it might be, uh, there's ways to, I think, to get around that too. So I think it's a good point. Michael, let's end it, end it here with you and then we'll, we'll try and hit on some of the other topics we've got. Yeah, I think to your point, planting those seeds early on and, and setting expectations that you know, if you are checking the boxes on, on their outcomes and, you know, that should warrant an uh, introduction to other teams. So I think to add on to everything that everyone said, you should never have a single point of failure. You know, you should have an executive to executive relationship where you can leverage that if your quote unquote gatekeepers are not being cooperative. I think also anytime you're, you're going to ask something, something of someone, you should think about what's, what's in it for them, right? So what value can you add 
for them. So if you're going to ask them for introduction to another team member, um, to an executive, you know, whatever it might be, you should really think strategically of, of what's going to be in it for them and try and create some sort of loss aversion for them. Um, this way they, they're more, um, incentivized to, to introduce you to those folks. And I, and I think the last thing I wanted to add was, um, uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I think just to, to, to recap, you know, thinking about what's, what's in it for them. I think that's always applicable in, in a lot of situations when it comes to customer success and trying to, to plant those seeds early on, even on the kickoff. Like if you're, if you're starting out with the, my product line is a very much so land and expand. So we want to really ensure early on that they understand kind of what a growth path looks like um, and, and really get to know the customer and what their team structure is and uh, make it be known that, you know, if we do accomplish our goals, we're going to, you know, look to, to expand to other areas of their business. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. And I think the one point you touched on, which is actually a question that we had to answer today, which um, I think is a nice segue, is just this whole idea of, of incentivizing our champions to open the right doors. Um, and so I think this was Jeremy's question, if I remember correctly, just, you know, are there actual incentives that you put in place for, you know, your champions that they can, uh, you know, accumulate, whether it's, uh, I don't know, you know, free lunches or uh, you, you send them swag or whatever it might look like for opening doors. I don't know the right, uh, I don't know what the right payoff model here is, but um, you know, is there any incentives that you, you guys have put in place as businesses that help do that directly? Or are there some other kind of secondary incentives that you guys are thinking about? Again, kind of, I think this goes back to the question, uh, and it might not necessarily be just be around incentives, but what is the value that we're actually articulating to these stakeholders, to these doorkeepers or gatekeepers, excuse me, um, about why they should open the doors um, and how that can shape some of the conversation. So, um, Rachel, it looks like you've got your hand raised. Let's, let's hear from, from you and some of your thoughts on this. In the past, whenever we were asking stakeholders for references or maybe G2, uh, G2 crowd reviews and things like that, it's amazing what a little swag and also, hate to be this way, but an Amazon gift card works really, really well. Even if you throw $20, $25 um, at them to get them to be referenced, to write you up a nice review, et cetera works like clockwork. All of a sudden, um, you get their attention and you, you get their participation. So, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And one, um, I actually thought about this earlier and I had forgotten the point uh, that I wanted to make, but Danny, you know, I think the other thing to think about too is, is trying to, to pull on the stories that you have where you've already done this successfully. So, um, articulating maybe to the gatekeeper, right? Hey, I've been in this situation before. Here's what happens. Um, if we don't get into these other parts of the organization, right? Here's the negative effects of, Hey, if we're not allowed to, to kind of navigate the organization as we need to, uh, here are some of the downstream effects that we can start to see, both positive and negative. And I think actually pulling those stories in to help it feel a little bit more as like a, like, hey, like, you know, how can you help me solve this problem? Here's how I've solved it before. Um, and like, here's how I think we should navigate the organization. I think that too brings in an element where they feel a little bit more comfortable because you're drawing on stories that you've talked about before. You're, you're kind of giving them examples of how you've navigated organizations similar to theirs before. And so it kind of takes the factor, the fear factor out for them as well to say, maybe I'm a little scared to introduce Danny into this other part of the organization. But now that you're talking about this, I feel a little bit more comfortable because of the experience you've had. So I thought about that earlier. Just wanted to make sure that to, to mention that point as well. Um, Lewis looks like Luis or Lewis. I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. That's, that's okay. Luis, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just going back uh, what to you, what Rachel was saying. One thing that's worked for us is doing like maybe like a workshop or like a webinar where you create a landing page with the help of your marketing team. And then you get like their name, their role, and their department. And you kind of pitch like a free enablement series that you as a CSM org are offering to them. And that way then you have like all the registration, you can do a marketing campaign and get to know more things, kind of like a give or take 
like I'm going to give you like some free enablement for your team in return. I'm just going to get all these contacts from your org and then navigate from there. I like that. So, you, so you're saying use that as a way to help identify inside the organization who are other stakeholders that might be involved. So kind of we're going to our gatekeeper, going to our champion and saying, hey, we're going to give you a free training. We're going to give you a free, you know, this um, awesome workshop. And in order, you know, kind of in return, we just need people to sign up so that we can get them the invite. And then therefore you've kind of got a list of stakeholders that you potentially could engage in the future. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, right? for, the, for the champion, it's like making it a stronger champion. Like, hey, we're going to make like, this workshop for your team so you can get more enabled and like get more value out of your subscription. And for the gatekeeper, it's kind of a way of, not like sidewalking, but going around him like, hey, I'm going to create this webinar for your team. Just have them like register on the landing page. And then you got the contact and you can go one off and get to know the other people without him feeling like you're going around him or being offended that you, you made like a sidewalk around him. Yeah, I like that. I think that goes back to um, even the points earlier. I think one of the things we've talked about, right, is like, how do you identify who, who are the right stakeholders involved? Who are, you know, who are they in the organization? That's another way potentially to get at that answer um, is just, you know, using some sort of um, leverage like that and in, in trying to get, um, are there any, just a random question, but do you, does anybody now use any tools to help map out organizations? Are you creating your own, you know, whether it's in like Lucidchart or are you, you know, are you kind of doing anything yourself to help actually almost like visualize like who's in the organization, where do they fit? Um, do you get actual, um, do you actually get organizational uh, maps from your, your uh, clients? Like how does that work right now? It looks like um, Luis just mentioned Lucidchart and Gainsight, uh, which I've heard before as well. Um, any other examples that you guys that can throw out there that you guys have used before to help kind of organize and, and keep this and keep the relationships front of mind? Jeremy, do you have anything? No, actually, Jeff, it was more of a question because I remember this coming up in the CS leadership office hours a couple months back and somebody posted a URL to this uh, org chart and I cannot for the life of me remember the, the name of that organization, but it was like a free org chart tool. It wasn't, uh, doesn't necessarily, isn't most comprehensive, but um, it, they had a like pre-built database on, on some of the like larger customers as to who reports to who and that sort of thing. So I don't know if you remember that or not. I don't right now, but I think that's a great plug for Gangro Tain. So if you guys want to find it, you probably can go use the search bar in Gangro Tain. Um, you guys can go get signed up, but uh, I will try and find that here in a minute uh, because I think it's out there. I know what you're talking about, uh, which is awesome. Um, and this kind of dovetails maybe into our final topic for today. I know we've got about 10 minutes left is um, kind of Diana's question around organizing relationships. How are you tracking this? How are you kind of keeping ahead? Um, you know, obviously I think there's tools out there, Salesforce, Gainsight, uh, any other customer success tools where you're kind of keeping track of your activity logs, maybe in like when your, your relationships, like kind of when you reached out last, but I think maybe taking it a level further, how are you kind of identifying, we'll say the right relationship, the level of depth of that relationship, and then kind of what's the next key action you need to take with that relationship? How are you guys all um, thinking about that currently today, how are you kind of mapping it, tracking it, um, and just staying up to date, um, I think is that first initial layer. And then I think maybe the secondary question to think about is then how do we kind of report that up um, into the organization or how do we make sure, uh, you know, that we're, we're kind of getting that information to the right hands. Um, anybody have any initial thoughts? They want to raise their hand, come off mute. Gabriel, are you off mute? Do you want to? Sorry, I didn't. I was actually sending. I was sending the link for what Jeremy was talking about, so I missed your question, man. So. Okay, no worries. All right, we won't go to you right now. Um, let's see, who else around here that we haven't heard from? Stephen Gates, do you have any? Uh, you have any thoughts here just about how to organize some of these relationships? Anything that you've you've done up to date or done in your your role currently? No, I wish I did more of that. Um, but uh, the little bit that I have had experience with is, um, you know, at my last company, we did uh, implement Gainsight just kind of in the final months that I was there. 
Um, that was extremely helpful, just having a little bit of an organization um, or just kind of a map around uh, last time he reached out, uh, what the nature of that reach out was about. Um, <clears throat> and then just kind of being able to set yourself reminders and, and uh, uh, follow up on a, on a regular cadence kind of in line with your engagement model. Um, and I guess that kind of sparks something like we did, we were putting together sort of different engagement models for various segments that we were working with. So that kind of identifies like how, you know, how often should you be reaching out and through what means. Um, but that's pretty much the closest thing that, you know, I, I have experience with in terms of actually putting some uh, real depth uh, around that, that subject. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's always hard, right? Because I think it just kind of depends on uh, the maturity of your organization, kind of where they are. If we've got the tools and resources that we can actually invest in, um, I think again, like we mentioned earlier, Ziv, who's the who's at AppsFlyer, he's he's built out a great way to do this in Salesforce. You know, he's had the resources and uh, kind of has the means to do it. Uh, in my career, when I was a CSM and an account manager, uh, one thing I tried to start doing was leveraging if we were using like an Asana or project management tool. Uh, it's not the best place, but I would actually start to create kind of my own little Kanban boards uh, about relationships that I have and maybe um, key actions that I needed to take, what the what the relationship depth was. So I would actually create tags um, on each of those on the Kanban board. I kind of have the the next steps needed in my columns. And then as tags on each one, I would kind of plug where the relationship was if I thought it was a one through a five. So one being this contact never even knows my name, like I haven't even really met them yet, versus a five where I know their kids' names, I can text them, they can respond. And so trying to, to come up with some sort of scale for myself to understand like what's the level of depth in this relationship um, that we're measuring right now. So that's just one way that I've, I've tried to do it in my past. But again, I think you always run into challenges about internally, like what, what tools do we have, how are we measuring this versus like what's my own kind of process as well, because then you have other CSMs who are doing different things as well. Um, so I'm, Curious, anybody else kind of build their own little Frankenstein tool like that or and use Excel or use anything that comes to mind um, to help manage those? Yeah, I'm kind of using a little bit of Excel um, to keep track of relationships and also using the one to five scale. But like you said, it's like, that's just me doing that. And it's not really, um, it's not like I make a lot of mistakes and I forget a lot of stuff. So I, I sometimes forget to update things, but I do try to keep track of things like, yeah, if they mentioned that they have a pet or a kid or something like that. Um, just little details, but it's, yeah, it's not really, it's not yeah. a, a program. One other, uh, one other way I've tried to get around that too is actually creating my own Google form and then linking it to a Google sheet. So after every call, I actually would go in there and I had like a couple of columns that I'd fill out. Um, and then I would create a Google sheet that would pull in like information. I could almost basically segment by customer and then it would pull in my relationships and I would have some notes. Um, again, not the best model, but I think if you're just trying to, you know, get by with your own, you know, your own method, uh, I created a quick Google form, use Google sheets and it helped out that process too. Because the other thing I kept finding is since we didn't have a gain site or a, a Salesforce type tool is like all my notes would be, I mean, if you guys saw my desk right now, I take notes on note cards, not good. Uh, literally I've got note cards all over my desk, horrible process. Um, but that, that was a way for me to at least try and start putting information right after a call. I could just go fill out this form. Um, and we're actually doing that right now. So we're doing a 50 customers in 50 days tour at Higher Logic. I'm the director of customer experience here. And so we're, we have our executive team going to do this. We set up a quick survey. After they go talk to a customer, they come back, fill out the survey. It takes less than five minutes. And then hopefully we've got some information going forward. So just another one to think about there um, as well. Um, Gabriel. What do you, what do you got? Now you have something to add? Yeah. yeah. You so, you? All right, I cool. listen now. Um, so I did something exactly the same as kind of what you, what you were saying. Um, we, 
I've used two, I've only used two different uh, CRM tools, Salesforce and Capsule. And in both of them with different organizations, we had tags for, uh, the, the tag was optional for anyone, not just the point of contacts or, you know, the champions or so on, but, but anyone, and it was relevant to the field that we were in. So before being in like a more B2B software IT world, we had terms like Hobbit and Jedi and um, Landmine and all these things, depending on what kind of personality they had. And in my current role, yeah, we still use like um, Uncharted, which kind of means like I've never engaged with them, Neutral, Advocate, and I, I really like Landmine for my last job, so I keep using that one. Um, very helpful. And I haven't gone to the point of like pulling reports on that, but it is absolutely helpful. I mean, for those of you who don't know me, I, I have a portfolio of about 1400 clients that I am the like main point of contact for them. So I ask, I really encourage my colleagues and other, you know, heads of departments to use that and tag it. And it's been, it's been helpful to actually now as we're building out our Salesforce, you know, database, see like, Oh, right. This person is like this, even just by the tag, it's, it's a reminder. Um, and then Excel is really great. I mean, obviously the CRM tools out there are phenomenal, but you can still do some really neat conditional formatting and triggers with Excel, with Google Forms and so on. So yeah, all, all the power to that. <laughs> yeah, I love that point too. Um, and Rachel just called this out in the chat, which I was going to mention as well, which is, uh, it's also really good because you can start evangelizing those names internally in a good way, right? Like you can tell customer stories and people will right. start to identify with the type of persona we have or the type of client. So I like the way of like trying to come up with like fun, creative names because it just drives some interaction and engagement internally for right. the most part. And I've made uh, it a requirement for onboarding that when we're onboarding someone, you got to give them a tag. You have to give awesome. them some kind of a tag because that means you know them, right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Patricia, 60 seconds, and then we're going to wrap this up, but I want to get your thought in. Uh, I was just going to say we use Plan Hat, so it's very basic, okay. but it links with email, so it allows you to, you know, track your actions, uh, run your playbooks. So it's it's really handy to have those notes, like you were saying, you know, come off the call, make your notes. Uh, you can say which uh, person you engaged with, and it helps you tracking uh, your relationships as well. So awesome, yeah, I think that's a new customer success tool. If I remember from Europe, based in Europe, um, Plan Hat yeah. is the name. Um, so awesome. Well. We're right up to the end here. Um, Rachel, I apologize. We didn't get to your question about how do we start appealing to the IT and cybersecurity. So I'm going to go post that in the community. So if you guys have thoughts, um, we'll drive some of that conversation into the community. Again, that's my shameless plug of getting everybody into the community at some point. Um, so thank you guys again for attending this. Like I said, we're keeping the group small. We've got about 150 people on the list right now. Uh, we've had about 50 people-ish show up last week, had about 40-ish when we started today. Um, Hopefully over the next three weeks, we're going to start introducing this to more people. But the idea is just to, to get a core group like this, make sure the format fits, make sure you guys are getting value out of this. That's actually the number one goal. Are we actually getting value? So I'm going to send a survey. Please fill it out. I, I read every response, literally uh, go through it. So um, we want to try and use that to get better. Like I mentioned, if you want to hopefully facilitate a session like this going forward, uh, reach out to me. We'd love to get you on that list. Um, I'm working with a couple of core team members as well. So I've got Diana, Kevin, Michael, uh, who are on the call right now. If you want to be part of that core group, um, I haven't really formalized anything yet. Uh, so I know Diana, Michael, and Kevin are, uh, you know, waiting for me to do that. But we're going to start to kind of formalize a core group that helps us um, just get into a rhythm and cadence of sending out surveys and trying to get some feedback, um, trying to make this better as we go forward and make sure that, again, we're driving value back into this group, that you guys feel like there's tactical advice that you can get to help do your job better. Uh, help you connect with peer-to-peer, -peer, you know, CSM. So uh, it's the entire goal of what we're trying to do here. Um, and like I said, we're testing this out for another two weeks. Um, if the feedback we get is, hey, this is, you know, just like all the other calls out there, then we're going to we're gonna scrap this and say, hey, you know, we tried. But um, hopefully it's not. And hopefully we're going to keep this going forward. 
Uh, if you missed today's episode, or if you're listening to this recording, hopefully you're going to be listening to this on our podcast. I'm going to plug that again. Um, even while it's a small group, if you guys have people that you want to invite, uh, shoot me an email. I think Google blocked you from forwarding this invite, but I can send it to whoever we need to. Um, so I'm happy to, to send the invite along and get a little bit bigger of a group. And um, like I said, keep out for uh, an email from me with uh, SurveyMonkey, trying to get some feedback. And then we'll see you guys again next week, Tuesday. Uh, or if you want to be on CS Leadership Office Hours this Thursday, we'll see you at 11.30 next Tuesday. And we'll see you at 11.30. Uh, and appreciate everyone's support and help. This was really fun. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.